SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM. Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, I'm going to sit down with my good friend Jay Money, veteran NBA handicapper and a guy who absolutely breaks down the association as well as anybody in the business. We're going to talk a little All-Star Weekend. We're going to talk about how we break down NBA cards. We're going to talk about how we evaluate line moves sides, totals, and we're going to talk about what teams you want to be betting on or against coming out of the All-Star break. We're going to look at the East, we're going to look at the West, we're going to look at sides, we're going to look at totals. So we're going to get into some detailed NBA discussion uh, with Jay Lackey, a.k.a. Jay Money, a little bit later in the show. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about baseball because, frankly, don't know how much we're going to get to talk about baseball. As a handicapper, you need baseball, okay? There's nothing else going on in the summer months. Yeah, there's going to be, what, the, the new USFL uh, football league this year. But really, once you're talking about May, June, July, and into August, baseball's on center stage. And if you do this year-round, if you're serious about sports betting and handicapping, I know there's lots of guys that don't do baseball, but there's lots of guys that do, and I'm one of them. I like baseball. I make money in baseball. And to see what's going on right now in MLB is a little bit disconcerting, and that's kind of putting it mildly. It's not a pretty picture when it comes to the current contract negotiations in <laughs> uh, Major League Baseball. Not even close. So what do we have going right now? We're in a lockout, all right? And MLB, the owners... The billionaire owners have decided that now is the best time to break the players' union. The players who have seen their share of the revenues be flat while the overall revenues are increasing for the owners. Players haven't gotten their share of that. And they've made plenty of concessions in recent years. And now they're thinking, they're hoping that... They can work out some kind of agreement. But look, the owners, the billionaire piece of the equation, okay, the players are the ones that actually have talent and did something to earn their money. Okay, the owners who are either in the right place at the right time or they inherited it. <laughs> okay, uh, and when you're an owner, I don't accept any, oh, we're so poor, oh, we're not making any money. If you have a bad business and you're so poor and you're not making any money, then you sell it. <laughs> because there are plenty of buyers out there uh, for these franchises. And we look at baseball right now, uh, again, as a sport. All right. Football keeps blowing up. Football is America's sport. Basketball continues to blow up. The NBA growing globally, not just here in the U.S. Baseball, the numbers are headed in the other direction and big time in the other direction. Okay. You know. <laughs> If you're paying attention to the world right now, you know that if you're a 20-something, baseball, not so much. Teenagers, baseball, not so much. 
And if you have a billion-dollar franchise and you're like, let's turn off all of our fans, <laughs> let's make sure that the players who play for our teams are mad too. They did this once before. In, you know, what was it, the strikes in 94 and 95, where we saw baseball, we lost a season, we lost a World Series, we lost part of the next season, but we're finally, the two sides came together. We're not seeing this, like, two sides coming together here right now. We're seeing the owners are like, oh, we got to lock you out because we want to jumpstart negotiations and wait 43 days to submit a proposal. The owners are moving slow. Why? Because they don't make money in the regular season. <laughs> All right. The money's made in the postseason in MLB. And that's why all we're seeing is increased playoffs. Let's do more playoff rounds, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to let's make the game better. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's figure out how to make the regular season more digestible for our audience. We're just not seeing that. You know, from MLB. We're seeing it's all about baseball. And, of course, now the new deadline before games in the regular season start to get postponed, February 28th. Look, we had a lockout-shortened season that had 60 games. And, frankly, I'm not convinced that the owners <laughs> wouldn't mind another 60-game season this year or moving forward. The money's in the postseason they play fewer salaries. They're not making a ton of money off these regular season games. They're really not. I wouldn't want to own a baseball franchise right now. I'll just leave it at that. But when we look at the trajectory of MLB, the fan base is getting older. The younger fans aren't attracted to the game. We could be talking about baseball like horse racing in 15 or 20 years. And yeah, the players will lose out because they won't be getting the $400 million salaries anymore. But the owners will lose out worse because their franchise won't be worth a billion dollars anymore because no one's going to the games. So, you know where I'm standing on this. I'm on the player side 100%. I don't think the billionaire owners are poor. I don't think the billionaire owners are doing this for any other reason except to try to break the union. And I'm not in favor of that. So, unfortunately, it's likely to be a while before we see MLB games to break down. But we got NBA to break down coming up next. Jay Money right here on Cover with Teddy Covers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And that NBA theme that you hear is one uh, that my next guest, today's guest, uh, Jay Lackey, a.k.a. Jay Money, at Jay Money is Money on Twitter. Uh, you like to sing that song at the top of your shows, Jay. Hey, buddy, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers today. Yeah, what's up, Teddy? I was just about to say, you're really getting me in the zone there with that intro there. Uh, you know, I do that every day on the intro for my show, man. So, yeah, that, that gets me ready to go. Yeah, well, let's give our producer, Andrew Torres, some credit uh, for putting together the music uh, for today's show. Thank you very much, Andrew, behind the scenes, obviously, for all this kind of stuff. The guys behind the scenes that put it together 
to make you and I sound good deserve a whole lot of credit. And I know that Andrew doesn't get a whole lot on air, so let's give him some right here. Uh, but, uh, Jay, you're a guy that uh, you like to sing that theme every day. It kind of gets you fired up. Uh, here we are. It's All-Star Weekend, okay? we're at the, It's not really the halfway point of the NBA season. It's more like the two-thirds of the way point through the regular season, although if you count the playoffs, it's probably the halfway point. But here we are, All-Star Weekend. And let me start with this. Do you get involved at all? Do you do anything with the three-point contest, the skills challenge, the slam dunk contest, the game itself? Uh, I got a couple opinions. I haven't bet either one of them yet, but I think I might. But I'm going to ask you first. Uh, All-Star Weekend, doing anything? Yeah, it's not something that I get involved in. I like kind of like to just sit back and enjoy it as a, as a fan. of. Obviously, with the All-Star Game, we know, man, it's just bet the over, right? It seems like it hit pretty much every year. Uh, they don't start playing defense until pretty much the last quarter. And then even then, it's halfway. So if I was to bet the All-Star game, it would definitely be um, the over or nothing. And I'm pretty sure you can find some good value um, doing some good research for, like, three-point contests and stuff like that. But it's not something that, um, that I like to bet. So I'm with you on the over for the All-Star game. But the way I would want to play that is a first half over because of those weird fourth quarter rules uh, that they have that kind of slows the game down a little bit. Normally, the first half's totaled what? About, you know, eight, nine points uh, lower in the second half because of the fouling and free throw situation, the intensity of the second half. That's certainly not going to be the case in this matchup. But if I'm playing the over, I want to get out of this game at halftime. First half over is the one that makes sense to me. When it comes to the slam dunk contest, look, I don't want to put too much, uh, you know, this is recreational wager. This is not any kind of serious bet, but I'm going to look at Obi Topin, uh, the Knicks' second-year player who can put together some pretty thunderous ducks. He might bring the house down uh, with some big man slams. I think he's live in the slam dunk contest. So topping in the slam dunk contest the All-Star game itself, first half over. That's the way it would look here on Sunday. But um, how was your first half or your first two-thirds of the campaign? Good, bad? I'm really frustrated with my NBA. I couldn't be more frustrated. I feel like I've danced around winners. I've had a bunch of teams that I feel like I should have made a bunch of money with. Goodreads, even the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I said, I think I said on your show, Jay, like Raptors are ready to go on a run. Celtics are ready to go on a run. Did I bet them for the next 10 games like I'm supposed to? No. Did they both make a whole lot of money for anyone that did back them? Yeah. Uh, so I'm frustrated. I'm glad to take a couple days off of the association. What about you? How was your first half? Yeah, I just wanted to say one quick thing on that first half over. That's a, that's a pretty good look there. Uh, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I had to ride with you on that. As far as the first half of the season, it hadn't been bad. I must say it wasn't. A, it was not a good start to the season for me. I uh, really started to come on strong over this last month. So I look to keep that going into the second half, but it was it was just a tough start, right? Getting getting used to all the player uh, all the players with uh, with their new teams, new coaches, and their new coaching styles. And obviously, we had a lot of delayed uh, injuries as well, like with the teams having COVID com- concerns. So um, did have a, a good end to the first uh, half or first two thirds of the season there. But I must say, Teddy, I wish that I had started a little bit better. But I think that I came out all right over this first half and look to keep it going and uh, bring the positive momentum into the second half. 
Yeah, I'm so far. I mean, there's so many teams. Like, right from the get-go, I'm like, Bulls are bet on from day one this year. And what they do? They raced out to the best record. Did I bet on them every game? No. You know, I'm like, Cavs, bet on all the way. Oh, then Sexton gets hurt. Oh, he better. Uh, that's going to be a big injury, impact injury. Not. Uh, you know, Cleveland, ton of money to be made with the Cavs. I'm like, we're betting against Brooklyn. This team's not together. They're wrong. And nothing's right. If you'd have bet nothing but bet against the Nets the first half of the season, you made a fortune. Nothing but bet on the Cavs. You made a fortune. Nothing but bet on the Bulls the first two months of the season. You made a fortune. Atlanta, I had a good read on that team. Bet on uh, or bet against early. Then that one good stretch they had. And then bet against late again for the Hawks. You know, Knicks is a bet against team. Pacers is a bet against team. Uh, that's just in the East. You know, in the West, I Memphis. Memphis is my favorite team in the NBA this year, bar none, not even close. I wanted to be on Memphis. I caught Utah. I was, like, ready to fade Utah when they were slumping. You know, Minnesota is a bet-on team. The Lakers is a bet-against team. Portland is a bet-against team. And now a bet-on team. It's like a lot of these reads, I feel like I saw them and didn't take proper advantage in the betting marketplace. Do you have those same issues, Jay? Uh, where you feel like you're seeing it, but you're not betting in that enough. And what do you do when that happens? Yeah, it's all about peaks and valleys, right? So one one main thing that I like to look at is how looking at the last five games, the current form of the team, and they don't really tell you a good story. Are they in good form right now, or are they uh, down down in the slums, right? Some of these teams not necessarily agreeing with their coaches, um, and they can go through a brutal a brutal uh, schedule and stretch as well so I always like to take it game by game but I'm right there with you on this some of those some of those teams are just very hard to uh, to gauge a team like the Pacers where they can um, obviously they're usually big dogs and they play such a fast pace and don't play any defense but sometimes their offense can really get hot and and cover some games so either they're going to win the game outright or they're going to get blown out by 20 so some of these teams city are really hard to gauge but I always say just try to look at uh, look at the most current form as far as like last five games just to see how well they've been playing, right? It's a, we know the world these days. It's all about what have you done for me lately. So a couple of those teams I did get to ride, though. I, I kind of foresaw the Celtics getting on a street there, uh, the Hawks as well. Um, they had they had a lot of home games and just really caught their stride offensively. So I did kind of foresee those two and did ride a nice little streak with the Hawks and the Celtics over that, uh, over that uh, hot stretch that they had. Yeah, and in my mind, it's, that is absolutely the best way to beat the NBA. You find your team's that you want to be on, you find your teams that you want to be against, and you bet on or against those teams repeatedly until uh, the betting markets uh, catch up. I talked about Memphis being my favorite team in the NBA this year, and really it's not that close. Grizzlies <laughs> you know, uh, made me a whole bunch of money. Who's your favorite team in the association this year? Who's made you the most? Man, I could say lately it's probably been the Celtics and the Hawks. Like, the Celtics took a lot of my money here early, City. I must say, I thought they were a really great team. And, and it was another thing. They had a new coach. It had, they had really had to get um, get used to Udoka over there. So, once they did, I did make a ton of money with those teams that I just mentioned, the Celtics and the Hawks. But the Mavs as well, obviously, that's my hometown squad. I know this team very well. But I just know when to fade them and know when to ride on them. Um, even though it's my favorite team, I like I say, I'll bet against them any day. So, the Mavs have been one of my better teams to bet. We saw them have the number one defense over like the last two months of the season. So once I saw they, we knew that they had the offense right. Even 
especially before they traded away Porzingis. We knew that uh, Luka and the guys can get it done offensively. It was all about locking down de- defensively. So once I saw that, I knew that they were going to be bet on. So they, And the Timberwolves, one last team, Teddy, that team did make me a lot of money as well. Um, obviously, when they have Russell, Edwards, and Carson Towns, that team is bet on all the way. Yeah, that's a – you know, Minnesota's been so bad for so long that now they've got a big three. Um, and they're playing a little bit of defense. And Anthony Edwards, you know, he's really good, man. Uh, you know, you don't, he doesn't get the hype of some other number one picks. But Minnesota has absolutely been a moneymaker for anyone who's been involved with the T-Wolves on a regular basis over the last couple of months. We're going to talk about Jay's least favorite team. We're going to talk about how he breaks down the NBA card and how he evaluates the line moves. Coming up after this, cover it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't miss anything from our programming. Go to Twitter and follow us at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV to stay informed all day long. You'll see clips, breaking news, updates, and pretty much everything else. Again, at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. Thank you so much. We got to 50,000 followers this last week, and I'm still blown away that there's 50,000 people out there that are interested in what I have to tweet. Nonetheless, I want to thank you guys who have uh, signed up for my Twitter, again, at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow today's guest on Twitter, JMoney, at JMoneyIsMoney on Twitter. And Jay, you're developing quite the following on Twitter of late. That has a lot to do uh, with the free shows you're doing every day. Talk about that real quick. Yeah, so we're doing a show every day on YouTube. Uh, it's live mainly at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, even go live on, on uh, Saturdays and Sundays as well. So basically giving out free picks um, to the people every uh, seven days a week. Um, you can go and check it out. It's uh, NBA Talk with Jay Money on YouTube. Uh, we're also on podcasts um, as well. So go check it out. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jay Money's Money. I'm always posting right before we go live with the shows. Even have yours truly, Teddy Covers, on the show as well. Well, good stuff, uh, Jay. We were talking before the break about your favorite teams in the NBA. You're like, hey, man, I love the T-Wolves right now. The Celtics are making me money. The Hawks are making me money. Three teams that you've had a pretty good read on. What's your least favorite team in the NBA right now? What team can't you get right? Man, Teddy, I'll tell you, this Thunder team. Now, we know that they're sitting at 18 and 40 on the season, but they're the third-best covering team in the league, right? So, obviously, they're always catching points. They're sitting guys out, SGA, Dort, and they just keep covering games, man. So, this this Thunder team is really hard to to, um, to gauge. And, obviously, towards the end of the year, they'll probably be tanking even more. Um, the Rockets team, I, I must say, they may not see my money um, for the rest of the season. This team, when they're not getting calls from the refs, they can really, they can really get down on themselves. 
Phil, Teddy, and I don't think they're a big fan of their coach as well. So the Thunder and the Rockets over there in the West and the Knicks, man, what is this team? What is this team doing? They just went. They were playing great defense last year, one of the top defenses in the league. They uh, went to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Now back. Now this year, they're back to reality. They're not connecting with Tibbs this year. Um, they're blowing leads. Uh, one of the games to the Thunder, they even blown without Lou Dort, without SGA. Uh, just some of these games that the Knicks are losing, uh, I can't believe. I don't see how you lose to teams. Um, you're up 20 points versus the Blazers, and you lose the game outright. I, I can't put that Knicks team together, Teddy. I, I'm, I'm staying away from them. See, I like that Knicks team, man. <laughs> In game, they made me a whole bunch of money <laughs> because every time they take a lead, you start taking their opponent uh, on the money line. The Nets trailed by 28 the other night. And, yeah, I put some Brooklyn in my pocket. <laughs> uh, never in doubt. Uh, although I had Nets before the game started at plus four and a half and on the money line, that was never in doubt either. But that's the way the Knicks have been playing. And it's interesting to talk Let's talk about this for a minute. With this specific team, the Knicks, because uh, certainly there's a pretty wide fan base for the New York Knickerbockers. We have a pretty good audience in the New York metropolitan area that has uh, plenty of Knicks fans there. What is it with this team? I think it's Tibbs. All right, I've watched him wear out his welcome everywhere he's been. The first year, everyone plays for him. The second year, everyone kind of plays for him. The third year, everyone's tired of playing for him. <laughs> and the way you know the rotations aren't steady for the Knicks. It's fairly random, one game to the next. Uh, the fact that there's nobody seems to be comfortable with where they are on the floor on the offensive end. They go through these long scoring droughts. I'm pointing my finger squarely at the coaching staff here in New York. That's the issue. Tibbs doesn't have the read on this team, and he's not pushing any of the right buttons. What's your take? And, of course, uh, again, everybody, one of the things we've known about Thibodeau over the years, he overuses his starters. He overuses his main guys. They always get gassed down the stretch. That's why none of those great Bulls teams that he coached ever made any kind of a playoff run because they were exhausted by April and May. I think we're seeing that from the Knicks as well. What's your take? Yeah, I'd like to say that it's Tibbs, Teddy, but last year I believe that coaching was the main reason why they made the playoffs. Now, obviously they were playing a lot harder. When the Knicks started playing defense, we know that they saw Thibodeau, right? Now, this year, I'm not sure what it is. Obviously, Julius Randle, he's looking real down on himself pretty much after every game. Um, their, their center rotation has been in and out. So, it, this team is not playing defense. I always say the coach can only do so much. The players that's on the floor – still have to go out there and play winning basketball and the Knicks aren't doing it but obviously you need to connect with your coach you need to like your coach and we've seen on record Kimba Walker going back and forth with Tibbs when he took him out of the lineup he came back in he's giving him a lot of flags saying hey I can steal ball so I used to have a lot of young guys over there but I think that we have to talk about this right they got they got Kimba Walker and Evan Fournier Two, two basically terrible defenders, right? So I think that was really the main reason um, they took a downgraded point guard. So I did see that Derrick Rose is supposed to come back the week after All-Star break, but I would I would put a lot of that on someone Tibbs, but also getting Fournier and Walker over there, you, they should have known that they was going to downgrade their defense, and it's been one of the worst. Um, their, their bench scoring has dropped off as well. Emmanuel quickly is not playing with as much confidence. So it, it's a lot of problems they have with the Knicks over there. I'm not. I'm not sure what they're going to do to be honest with you. Yeah, and when you talk about those two additions, Walker and his big contract, Fournier and his big contract, and 
Neither guy has been better than replacement level player this year. And the Knicks are paying him a whole lot of money this year and next year and the year after. Um, you know, bad organizations are bad organizations. And the Knicks are certainly one of them right now. No worse than the Lakers organization, of course, but uh, maybe we'll get to the Lakers a little bit later. It's fun to make fun of L.A. right now. It's bad for the association when both the Knicks and the Lakers stink. Uh, but, I mean, the latest, well, no, let's do it right here. Why not? I mean, the latest Anthony Davis injury where he's going to be out for a month, that's, in my mind, the stick a fork in the Lakers. Um, right now, as they go into the All-Star break, they're the number nine seed. And there's room to roll. You know, it's like when you look at the teams that are out of the postseason in the West, the Spurs at 23 and 36, the Pelicans at 23 and 36, the Kings at 22 and 38, and the Lakers at 27 and 31 are, you know, well ahead of all those teams. So maybe they make the play-in game, but, you know, with the AD hurt, um, the Lakers are a bunch of old guys. This is a, I got to be honest. This is the first time I've seen the le- le- de- decline in LeBron's game. But LeBron's not the player that he was last year or two years ago. Uh, right now, it's not even close. Talk to me about L.A. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is stick the fork in them even deeper. I've already had the fork in the team. I realized this team is just too old to compete. We should have known it already in the offseason when they put this uh, squad together. I'm not sure what they were thinking. Obviously, we were putting a lot of it on Westbrook at first, but it's bigger than that. This team has run out of gas. It seems like every fourth quarter, every second half of games, um, and LeBron has really carried them, but he's 39 years old. We know he's still one of the faces of the NBA, but Anthony Davis, um, I call him Mr. Glass, he's one of their, he's one of their youngest players and best players, and he just can't uh, stay healthy. He's almost like a Chris Stapps Porzingis over there. So the, the too much. Uh, they're they're too old, and the coach as well over there. They're not really running plays. They, I mean, if you're watching their games, they're not really running any sets. It's just pick and roll basketball. They're trying to just beat up on other teams. So the uh, the Lakers beat up on bad teams, and then versus the top level teams, they usually get smashed. But I must say, I was pretty surprised to see them come back and beat Utah with Anthony Davis leaving that game. But I'm with you, Teddy. Um, they, I'm, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. We see Portland coming on strong. We see the Spurs. They're not, they said they're not going to quit. They're going to play on. The Pelicans are, gonna, are playing a lot better. The Kings made some moves. So I think it's going to be very tough for the Lakers um, to make the playoffs this year. I think they'll make the play-in game, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, or the, the play-in portion uh, of the schedule as to whether – uh, they survive in advance past those initial playoff games. Because I don't look at San Antonio and New Orleans and Sacramento as teams that are worthy playoff teams, and uh, not the Lakers necessarily are, but they're better than that trio, <laughs> even with uh, a noticeably aging LeBron James, where the Miles starting to catch up with a guy who's been the best player in the league for the better part of the last 15 years. Let me ask you this, Jay. How do you break down an NBA card? The first night of the season, what do you do? Or maybe the first night of the All-Star break is a better way to ask you. Explain your process. we got about 90 seconds before the break. Yeah, so my process, like I alluded to earlier, mainly starts to look at how they've been playing lately. Um, obviously, you have to check out injuries as well, just to see if there's any big-name starters. But uh, I like to look at past history, especially when we have um, prerequisite uh, matchups early this year, at least two or three matchups. I like to look at the line functionality, see where the odds makers, I really think they can tell you a really good story looking at the lines. Obviously, um, you go, if you're laying two and a half, if you're laying two and a half on the road, you're supposed to come home. Obviously, if you're playing um, the, that, that game, 
game on the road, same team, you come home, it's supposed to go up to five and a half. Sometimes you can really see the line functionality. It may be six and a half or points uh, higher showing, showing strength there. So I really like to look at past matchups, look to see if some outliers, someone got hot from three-pointers there. Um, and you know me, Teddy, they kind of call me revenge game Jay. So I don't always blindly take revenge games, but um, that is one of my better spots. And, and I think that uh, motivation is at a peak when you've already lost to that team, especially two or three times early in the season. So uh, I really love those revenge games and looking at past history, Teddy. Sure, and that's certainly uh, a big piece of the puzzle is whether teams are going to be up or down for any particular game with the long 82-game NBA season, if you can find those spots where a team is going to give a little bit of extra energy, a little bit of extra intensity, you know what? Mm-hmm. It matters. It matters a lot. Uh, again, we've got so much more with Jay Money coming up. We're going to talk about sides, totals, good rhythm, bad rhythm, and some actionable info and some bet on and bet against teams from Jay after this brief commercial message. Please stay tuned. Cover it with Teddy Covers continues right here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's NBA Talk on Cover It with Teddy Cover, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, and we're breaking down the association, taking a look at some bet on, bet against teams for the second half of the campaign with Jay Money. At Jay Money is Money on Twitter. And Jay, let's get right into it. Let me ask you this. How do you evaluate line moves? Do you worry about uh, every half point of value? If, if you lose a half point, are you not going to play that game? Um, talk about the process for evaluating line moves. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. It's actually a really good uh, question. Obviously, you always want to get the best line. Um, I, what I've been realizing lately, Teddy, I kind of go with my spot, right? So we talk about a revenge game or a team or a spot where I notice the team's going to be motivated. Sometimes the line may move against me, and I kind of just come to uh, come to realize that just go with your spot. Um, obviously, I mean, you want like I said, you want to get the best line, but sometimes uh, the uh, injured player may be out, and that team can still win because the spot is that strong. So when I go through the games, I look at my spot that I like, and I'm not I'm not flipping around on it. It's either I like that game, I like that play or I'm staying up, staying off of it. So um, I always want to check for the best lines, but uh, definitely try to go with your spots. I think that a stronger spot may be bigger than any line move, um, even if a star player is out. Daddy, would you agree with me on that? Yeah, in general, I'd rather be betting against an NBA line move than betting with it. You know, this team was minus three, they've been bet up to minus five because somebody's out for the dog. Give me the plus five. <laughs> you know, uh, this team was... Uh, uh, plus eight, but now they're getting some uh, attention because they're on a good roll, and now they're down to plus six. Give me the minus six. You know, betting against the bigger line moves is something I'm much more comfortable doing than betting with them. And again, especially when you're talking about the extra value that you're getting, extra point of two that you're going to get in those situations where you're betting against the way the money has come in. As long as you're not doing it first thing in the morning and missing all the added value, it actually puts a yeah, little extra percentage or two, uh, percent or two in your uh, chances to uh, come away with the victory. 
Yeah, I was going to say it real quick, and that's the main thing as well. You want to, if there's a spot that you really like, a lot of times with today's NBA, you really have to get on it early or overnight if the line's available because if it's if it's a really good spot, I can guarantee you that line won't be there in the morning. Um, that, so that's the main thing. If you have a spot that you really like and you know that it's a popular team, you may want to get on that one. I always say I suggest sometimes people on the show, if you have to wake up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning, man, do it. It's worth it. You look at the line later and it's three points higher, and then like you're saying, at that point, it may be value on the other side. Yeah, one one good advantage of living in Vegas, man. You know, you're getting up early anyway uh, because the games start earlier out here. Uh, so, you know, the 6, 7 a.m. is reasonable because you don't have to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch the games finish on the West right. Coast. Do you ever worry about the sharp square, who the pros like, who the Joes like? Do you worry about, oh, this is a public team, you're writing the consensus numbers? Is that a piece of the puzzle for you in the NBA or not so much? You know what? It used to be. That's another good question. It used to be not so much. Now I come to realize that the public actually cashes a lot. So I used to be one of those guys trying to get super sharp. Oh, I'm going to fade the public, in which I still do pick my spots, especially I do want to make this point. National TV games, um, NBA TV, ESPN, TNT, I do think those are some really good spots to fade the public. But overall, in general, I don't really care about it. I'm going with my spots. Um, I kind of sound like Dave Koken. I just I don't care about it. I'm just betting my spots and the cash. But because uh, I know I heard Dave said that a few times. But those those national TV games, I've really noticed over the past few years, everyone on one side. Don't be a bit surprised to see the dog um, cover or the, the the contrarian play come through. I do think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, I I, I I like to take a contrarian bent in the NBA, but you made a great point there, Jay. When you talk about a team like Memphis, a team like Cleveland, you know, a team that's been remarkable against the spread for extended stretches, all right, the reason they're so good against the spread for extended stretches is because the pros got them wrong. If the pros were back in that team every night, the wise guys were playing that team every night, you wouldn't... They wouldn't be covering point spreads the way the Grizzlies and the Cavaliers have covered, uh, or OKC for that matter, over the first half of the campaign. So the teams that the wise guys aren't interested in, and the public sees the short-term streaks, that's how you make your money in the NBA. You know, you find your teams that are undervalued right now, and you bet them today, you bet them tomorrow, you bet them in the next game, you bet them five or ten times in a row, then maybe they're not undervalued anymore. You move on to another team. That's not a methodology the wise guys tend to use. And in general, you know, if you're paying attention to the association on a day-in, day-out basis, that sharp square divide stuff shouldn't matter all that much. Yeah, and Teddy, just real quick, I just wanted to say, those teams are just playing harder than everyone. It's just that simple, right? They're they're motivated every single night. Teams like yep. the Cavs and the Grizzlies, they play harder than everyone else, and that's kind of bigger. That's why they've been covering so many point spreads. The public can be all over them, ninety percent of the money. It doesn't matter. They'll blow teams out of the water just because they that's just their style of play. Yeah, I, I, you know that energy level. The teams that manufacture their own energy, you know, <laughs> they're great teams in game, and they're great teams to bet before tip off. All right. So, we got to get into some actionable info right here because while this is the All-Star break this weekend, the association comes right back next week. Full slate of games on Thursday and Friday for next week. And I want you to tell me a couple of teams you want to be betting on or betting against. Give me a bet on team from the East down the stretch and then maybe a bet against team from the East. Bet on 
one team, I, I'd say that I would like to say the Nets here. Uh, if I would choose one, obviously all the top tier. I mean, I could go through them, the Heat, the Bulls. The Bulls don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. The Heat are really playing some championship-style defense, uh, and that's what, even when they weren't heavy, heavy uh, when they were healthy. But the Nets, I must say, with them taking that big of slides, ever since they've made the trade, getting Seth Curry and Andre Drummond over there, right? We used to always talk about it. The Nets didn't have a center. Well, they have one now, and they don't even – they still have Kevin Durant um, waiting to come back as well. We're not sure what Kyrie Irving's going to do over there. They did say that they may lift the vac- the vaccine mandate. They could be huge for the Nets if he starts playing home games as well. We know right now he's only available on the road. But with that team, with them making the trade, they actually seem like they're playing with a lot more energy. I always say that James Harden's a little bit of a um, – he's a little bit of a cancer over there. So now that he's gone, I can see the Nets really climbing right back up into that top three, uh, top three seed over there in the East. And, and I'll tell you what, if you look at the Nets' quotes since Harden left, I'm not saying they're throwing him under a bus, <laughs> but the quotes were really clear. With that, right? you know, uh, Bruce Brown was saying, "Hey, you know what? We all like each other now." You know, uh, here I got, I got it right here. I just pulled it up. The locker room—it's just a great vibe in there right now. I don't know what it is. Everything just shifted after the trade deadline. Everybody likes everybody. It's just great. Yeah, they rallied from 28 down to beat the Knicks. I'm with you on Brooklyn as a team that's offering some real potential value coming out of the All-Star break, a team that might be real good real fast with positive chemistry and a team that right now ranks number 29 out of 30 teams in the NBA in profitability so far this season. Only the Washington Wizards have been worse. Uh, how about a bet against team from the East? Something you're looking to fade down the stretch. Well, I, I can tell you this. I won't be betting the Pacers or the Magic for the rest of this season. I can almost guarantee you that. Unfortunately, they're always catching a, they're always catching a boatload of points, but those teams are just, they just seem to just be out there playing basketball. That's always noteworthy to me because obviously it is the game of basketball, but other teams are really playing for something. Playing, they have championship aspirations. The Pacers already like they're ready to go on vacation. The Magic, they can't score. Uh, I mean, this offense is absolutely terrible, but I'm, I'm going to watch the Knicks here closely. I do think the Knicks and the Wizards are a couple of teams that we can bet against in the second half of the season to make some money. The Another team, the Hornets, they have thought, they have seemed to, to try to make a push ever since they uh, got Harold back, but that's another team that I don't think that they like their coach, and they can really – talk about them, the coach needs to motivate the players. He's not doing it. So those are some teams that I'd be looking towards betting against. Uh, Pistons, Pacers, Magic, obviously they're in the they're in the, uh, the bottom the bottom figures in the East, but also teams like the Wizards and the Hornets as well that don't play a lot of defense. Let's shift our focus to the Western Conference. Just a few minutes left here with Jay Money and talk about some teams you want to be betting on or against uh, from the West. And by the way, from the Eastern Conference, uh, I'm with you on Brooklyn as being bet on. And just, you know, go uh, go 20 miles west to Madison Square Garden. Fade the Knicks, dude. <laughs> that team is in the wrong direction, obviously. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Western Conference. The team you want to be betting on, team you want to be betting against. Uh, we got about uh, just a couple minutes left here, Jay, so we got to go quick. Yeah, I, I can tell you this. I will not bet against the Suns ever, never. In a single game, I will not bet against the Suns. This team plays harder than anyone else in the league. 
I like the way they're coached. I think that the Suns are going to win the championship this year, uh, Teddy. So it's a sharp take there. Man, bet against over there. Uh, another team, Kings. We are going to make some money with the Kings. It's another team that made some trades. I'm still not a fan of their coach. I'm actually not a, I think they should fire him now, to be honest with you. But regardless of that, they did get the bonus. And uh, Holiday over there still got De'Aaron Fox. He's really like he's actually trying to play some defense. We will make some money with the Kings in the second half of the season. And I don't think that the Clippers will be able to keep it up, um, Teddy. So I do think that we'll make some money. Fading teams like the Clippers and the Lakers. And at some point, the Blazers will probably go back down to earth as well. Yeah, Portland's been a little uh, nice little run before the All-Star break. And you read the quotes out of that locker room. As long as Lillard's on the sideline and they're catching plus 10 and they're playing with, you know, uh, again, the energy's there right now for Portland. Um, I think you might make some money with that team. The Lakers, obviously, uh, a squad I'm looking to fade um, <laughs> down the stretch, but I don't think I'm alone uh, in that regard. I don't know if I'm with you on Sacramento, though. You know, the Kings, Darren Fox playing defense are, are, are a little bit dicey. Look, Sabonis is a great addition, but... If I had a choice between which guy I'd rather have on my team, I'd take Halliburton. <laughs> and so would Indiana. And, of course, uh, they got him cheaper uh, than uh, Sacramento's got to play, pay uh, the salary of Sabonis. All right, Jay, it's not a great week for free plays. Got a free play? <laughs> I figured I'd ask you if you got anything. Man, I wish I could, Teddy. I'm with you on that. I do think that Toppin wins the, uh, wins the dunk contest. And if I had a free play, I'd be riding with you. I'd suggest that first half over in the All-Star game. I don't see many scenarios where uh, where it doesn't cash. Fair enough. And, Jay, uh, promote yourself, man. Talk about uh, your website, your Twitter handle, your shows that you're doing uh, on a daily basis for NBA fans and betters. Yeah, guys, if you can, go check me out on YouTube. You can just type in Jay Money, or the show is called NBA Talk with Jay Money every single day. I'm actually doing two shows a day, one at 1 p.m. Eastern and the other at 5 p.m. Eastern. So come and check us out on YouTube. Catch a live show, giving out free picks seven days a week. Uh, so and you can also follow me on uh, Twitter, at Jay Money is Money. I'm always tweeting out the info and also posting pics on my uh, Twitter page as well. So please come and check me out. Great stuff from Jay Money is money. And of course, Jay, if you're not going to give out a free play, I want you to give out one piece of advice. We've got about 30 seconds. What do you do when yep. you're struggling in the association? How do you break out of a skit? When I'm struggling, in a, real quick, Teddy, when I'm struggling, I stop betting and I just uh, take a step back and then just try to re, uh, try to Try to see everything that's going on, see what I'm missing, but I ha I stop. I don't like to go in a tailspin and lo lose a lot of money. I'll just take a break for a couple of days and then refresh and then come back with a clear head. I love that advice. I agree with it wholeheartedly. And if you're struggling in the association, well, you're getting your break right now. The All-Star break ends next Thursday. Great stuff, Jay Money. Thank you so much for your time today, my friend. Really appreciate it. Best of luck over the back half of the campaign. We got much more coming up. Well, not much more coming up. We got the home stretch coming up. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. 
If you missed any portion of today's show, you can always download the podcast version wherever you download your podcast at all major podcast outlets. I think we're at all minor podcast outlets as well, or many of them. Uh, the search for the Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio. You can search for Cover It with Teddy Covers. Uh, and you can listen to today's show. You can download it and consume it at your convenience. You can hear yesterday's show. You can hear last week's show about the Super Bowl, etc., etc. And in fact, if you want to go back into the archives and check out any of the older shows, you can hear my Super Bowl show from last year uh, or baseball talk over the summer or whatever it is. Just go to simplecast.com. Every show that I've ever done here for the Sports Grid Radio Network is archived right there. Again, just search for Cover It with Teddy Covers. Uh, and you'll be able to find every show I've ever done. You can make fun of some bad prediction I had uh, from last year. Uh, or maybe there's something in there that's good. Because, <laughs> uh, again, uh, there's certain guests that people seem to like and others that don't attract as much attention. Uh, but you can go back. There's a guest you want to hear. Again, just go to simplecast.com and look up Cover It with Teddy Covers on the Sports Grid Radio Network. I like to give a free play at the end. Uh, obviously, we're sitting here with the, uh, uh, <laughs> as we record, uh, we're sitting here with, the, okay, well, you've got the All-Star game. And I'm not someone who spends a lot of time handicapping the side for the All-Star game. But I do know that the intriguing rules of the All-Star game have these final target score that will likely contain the fourth quarter scoring. So that tells me that if I'm going to play the All-Star game over the total, I'm going to do it for the first half. And this isn't one of those games where you would expect, oh, these guys are going to be sluggish coming out. Oh, we're going to have a three-minute lull with no points. First half over. The energy is going to be there for the All-Star game. And the defense will not. That's going to wrap it for Cover It with Teddy Covers this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again next week. Between now and then, enjoy the games and good luck.